so this morning, um, Pastor Dan's gone, and once again, Pastor Dan started a sermon series that he's leaving me to finish up for him. Seems to be a little pattern that Dan has started here, but, uh, but that's all right. This is a wonderful series. I've enjoyed it a lot. I hope you have too. It's this neat series, this neat idea that as we look forward to this day of Jesus being born, of God coming into this world as a child, we kind of give this illustration of us preparing to have guests. We're expecting company to come. And so this series, Company's Coming, you know, we've, we've looked forward to, uh, we realize that this, this place that we live in, it's a, it's a mess and we need to clean it up. Then we need to put out the decorations and, and make it a place that, that is welcoming and, and accepting. And then there's just that moment of, of waiting for the guests to arrive. And of course, then on Christmas Eve, we celebrate company has come. The guest is here and we celebrate and we welcome the guest as he arrives. Uh, this, this Jesus that has come into our world, that has come into our lives. We celebrate that. And so this morning we're continuing that with this, this idea of enjoying the company, enjoying the company while it's here with us. And, and so this morning I'm going, to read from, uh, I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 61. I'm going to begin in verse number 10. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. Because I love Zion, I will not keep silent. Because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a morning torch. The nations will see your righteousness. World leaders will be blinded by your glory. You will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. The Lord will hold you in his hand for all to see a splendid crown in the hand of God. This is the word of our holy God given to us. Amen. So as I was reading this scripture and as I was kind of preparing with this idea of enjoying the company, I remembered when I was little, uh, mom and dad would have people over um, for dinner and just have people come and visit. And uh, it was like friends, maybe somebody that mom went to college with or just people they knew and grew up with. And, and they lived maybe up in Iowa or maybe they lived right there in Bethany where I grew up and we just didn't see them. But, you know, once a year or every, once every two or three years. And we'd invite them over and they'd come over and all the adults, you know, they'd They'd come walking in, and the adults were happy to see each other, glad we're getting together, and there was that time of reconnecting, getting reacquainted with one another. But then there was this other table where the kids sat, and it was always quiet, awkward, because we had a rough enough time just remembering what the kids' names were, and they you know, didn't know us that well. We only saw them once a year, maybe once every two or three years. You know, We knew who they were, but we didn't know them. So we'd start off, we were having this meal around this table, and we're just sitting there looking at each other, and we don't have really anything to talk about yet, and it's awkward. And then somewhere along the way, though, something would happen, and we'd all start giggling. And then we'd kind of start laughing and playing together. We'd end up playing a board game, or we'd go to the bedrooms where all the toys were. And by the you know, end of the evening, we're just having so much fun, right? Started off, we barely even knew each other, but just as the evening went on and on and on, we got to know each other, and we opened up to each other, 
And we was having all this fun, right? Playing and just laughing, having a good old time. And then here comes the parent saying, well, it's been fun, but now it's time to go, right? It's the end of the evening, and they got to get going. And there was always the meltdown. The kids don't want to leave. You know, we just started having fun, and now we got to leave. It took us all night to start having fun. It took us all night to warm up to each other. Now here we are, and the fun's finally happening. And then the adult says, well, but now it's time to go. And I kind of feel like sometimes this is the way we are with Jesus, maybe during the Christmas season, that there's so much that builds up to this moment. There's so much that, you know, clear back in October, <laughs> Halloween. It's Halloween. They still got Halloween candy out, but, all of us, but there's Christmas music playing already, right? And we're not ready for it. We're not warmed up to it yet. Can we just at least get through Thanksgiving before we got to be bombarded with Christmas? You know, we're not warmed up to it yet. But then by Thanksgiving, a lot of people, Thanksgiving weekend, right? You have Thanksgiving on Thursday, and on Saturday, you're putting up your tree, getting out your decorations. That's what Thanksgiving weekend is for a lot of folks, is getting that tree out, getting the decorations out, and starting to prepare for Christmas season. And we start to warm up to it. We start to get excited about it. We start hearing the music in the stores, and that's okay now because we've already got the music playing on the radio. It's in our homes, and there's this excitement that starts to happen with the lights and the decorations. Maybe we start having work gatherings, or this year maybe not, but we start having the gift exchanges and all the things that really kind of build up the excitement, the joy, the, just the, that feeling, that Christmas feeling. I don't know how to describe it really. It's a mixture of joy and excitement and peace and it's all these things mixed together. It's just a Christmas feeling that we kind of experience and feel. And it just keeps building and building and building. And at the center of it all is this baby in a manger, right? As we come to church gatherings, maybe special church services, normally we'd have a kid's program, maybe a music cantata. We'd have other things that normally would happen, and it just kind of brings even more enjoyment to this season of our life. And it all builds and it just draws us closer and closer, well, to this little baby in a manger, right? This child that is God, that we, we draw close to it. And we're, we're just amazed by it. We're baffled and enamored by this child. I think it's partly because we're just amazed by babies in general, Right? There's something about babies that we're just kind of amazed by them. For example, Yoda. I mean, we like Yoda, the original Yoda. Probably reminds us of our grandpa a little bit. He's got big ears with hair sticking off of him, and he's a little grumpy. He's got this backwards way of talking, you know. So we like Yoda, but baby Yoda, oh, goodness, we are completely mind-blown by the thought of baby Yoda. It's just so cute and adorable. You can't look away from this thing right? We love babies. And I think that's similar to the way we are with Christmas and God. You know, we love God. We honor and reverence God. But then when we think God became a baby, a little bitty child, we can picture this, right? We can't quite picture God. We don't know what God really looks like. But this we can imagine. And we can draw on our own experiences with babies to know what Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and everybody was experiencing in that moment, right? Because we've all held 
most of us, I say, have held a child, have held a baby, and we look at their little feet, and we look at their little fingers, and they're amazed by these little parts and the little smiles, right? And we think, oh, he's smiling at me. And then we realize, no, it's gas. It's not a big deal. He's not really smiling at me. But that's okay. We're just still taken by this baby, this little bitty life, right? I think that's part of why we're drawn towards the manger. We want to see God. We want to experience God in this way that we've experienced life so many times. We were once that child, right? We were once this little bitty vulnerable person. And God did that exact same thing by coming and being a child. And so I think that's part of why we draw so close to this during this time of year. We're just, by all the the music and the decorations and the excitement, maybe the joy of just giving. You know, we tend to be more generous and, and just that thoughtfulness of, you know, when you get the perfect gift for someone, there's a wonderful feeling when you are actually able to find that perfect gift and they enjoy it, you know. This whole season, it just all builds and builds and builds and builds. And then Christmas Day comes. And it's over, and then we take down the tree, and we pack up all the decorations, and the nativity scene gets all put back in the box, and and we put it back into storage, and it's put away until next year, right? Little baby Jesus sometimes kind of seems to go with that. This thing that we're so enamored with, this thing that we're so drawn to, just kind of seems to get put away with everything else until next year. There's this letdown that kind of happens after Christmas because it's, you know, when Christmas is over, especially Christmas break, for a lot of folks, that means back to work. That means back to school. This, uh, this winter wonderland that we're dreaming of a white Christmas is gone. Now it's just nasty, dreary old winter, and it better not snow because I can't deal with that right now, right? I don't want to scrape windows and shovel sidewalks and things. I don't want to mess with that. So this wonder and this joy that we have on the screen, Dustin put this up. I love it. It's got this peaceful little snow falling in December. In January, that's work. We don't want to deal with that, snow falling, right? We just kind of lose the wonder of it. As Christmas comes and goes, so does that excitement. So does that joy and peace and passion that we have during this time. For a lot of people, we grow really, really close to Jesus during Christmas, this God with us. But as Christmas fades away, so does our closeness with Jesus. Rather than letting this relationship build and spring up and become something new and exciting, we kind of pack it all up and just head back into our lives. Kind of another way of putting that is just as the fun is starting to happen, we say, well, it's been nice, but I got to get back. Got to get back to the frustration, back to the despair, back to the anxiety. Isaiah was a prophet. Obviously, he was a faithful man of God for many, many years. Um, I don't know a lot about Isaiah's history. I couldn't find much about him, his personal history. But obviously, he was this man of God. He wrote 66 chapters of stuff that's in the Bible. So he must have been you know, pretty tight with God, right? And uh, and he writes in this scripture today, and he's, he's rejoicing, he's celebrating because God's done something new in his life. Now, this isn't chapter 1 of Isaiah, where he says God has done something new 
in this amazing thing in my life. Let me tell you about it for 66 chapters. This is towards the end of the book. And most people believe that it took him anywhere from 50, 15 to 30 years to write all of this, that it was done in sections. So over this period of time, God's been doing new things. God's been doing exciting things in Isaiah's life, bringing prophecies and bringing these amazing visions that he's sharing with the people, bringing encouraging words and visions, heavenly visions that he's sharing with the people. And then towards the end of this, he rejoices because God's done something new in his life. After all of this time being with God, growing in this relationship, now he's excited because God's done something new, probably really done something new again in his life. So he says in verses 10 and 11, basically there's something different about me now. And he uses the words, I'm overwhelmed with joy. By this point, just building and building and building this relationship, this life with God, he gets to a point that says, now I'm overwhelmed with joy because God has done something new. And it shows, it's evident to those around me. People can see the, the salvation, the righteousness. He says it's, it's like I'm clothed with it, like I've been robed with it. From the inside out, God has done this thing that it's building up so much inside of me that now people see it around me like it's some new garment that I'm wearing. It's so obvious to people around me. And because of this new thing that God has done, Isaiah has this renewed passion to see uh, God's glory shine in the lives of the people around him. He wants other people to experience what he's feeling, what he's experiencing as well. He's so overcome with this joy and this passion for, for God's to glory to just shine in the environment around him. He wants everyone to experience this same feeling and this same thing that he's, that he's just built up inside of him all this time. So in verse number one of chapter 62, he goes on and says, I will not keep still. I won't be silent. I'm going to keep praying for these people. I'm going to keep talking to my Lord. Because earlier in chapter 61, he's talking about the spirit of the Lord has come upon me. That the God's presence is actually with him. Maybe the way we would say that this morning is, he is in God's company right? Company has come to him. He's experiencing God is right there with him. And he doesn't want that to end. He wants that to keep going. This wonderful joy, this wonderful experience that he is having was something new, this new calling to bring good news to the poor, to, to heal the brokenhearted and comfort them, to bring uh, light into the darkness so that the captives will be set free. This wonderful experience, this calling that he's, that he's going through has just built up to this moment. He doesn't want this to end. I don't want to ever lose this feeling of joy, of peace, of hope that I have. Isaiah basically says, God's filled me with his presence, brought me this desire to share his love with those around me so that they can experience it as well. You know, during the season, whether it's a Christmas Eve service, whether it's maybe the gifts under the tree that we know I got that perfect gift, and they are going to be so excited when they open that. Maybe it's dropping money in the red bucket outside of Walmart. Maybe it's just the seeing the smiles, hearing the music, whatever it is that just fills us with joy. Maybe it brings us peace because this has been a lousy year, and a lot of us have experienced very hurtful things this year. But somehow in this season, we know God's with us. 
we experience God in some way that cannot be denied. There is a peace that wasn't there back in October or November. There's a joy that wasn't there in the summer when we couldn't see our loved ones and still can't see our loved ones in the nursing homes. There's this, there's this wonderful feeling that I've got that it's going to be okay, this hope that I have that maybe I didn't have back in early spring when we couldn't have Easter service at church because of all COVID going on. We're experiencing all these things during the Christmas season. Man, I don't want it to end, right? I want that joy to stay. I want that peace and that hope to stay. This wonderful experience we have with Jesus, it doesn't have to end. When the ceramic Jesus goes back into the box and into storage, our peace, our excitement, our joy, it doesn't have to go back in the box with Jesus, ceramic Jesus. It's here. Jesus is here. He is with us in this place, and he'll be with us tomorrow and the next day and the next day. This company that we have that's come to see us, he's not packing up and leaving anytime soon. The question is, are we going to pack up and leave soon? Are we the ones that's going to say, well, it's been nice, but I got to get back? I mean, if we allow it, this relationship that is kind of built over these last few weeks of Christmas season, this relationship will just go deeper and deeper and deeper. And the deeper it grows, the more new things our Lord brings into our lives. But if we don't let Jesus come in, if we don't let him come in and take root during Christmas season or during Easter season, you know, these wonderful seasons we have, if we don't let it really just come in and touch our lives and have a place to grow, then all of our time spent with Jesus is just awkward time of getting reacquainted with each other. It's a time of trying to get reacquainted with this person that loves us so much to come and be like us. If we don't let Jesus really come in and, and let this relationship continue to grow, we never really get to the place where the real fun happens. We never get to the place that we are overwhelmed with joy. When's the last time you can honestly say, I was overwhelmed with joy? When's the last time that happened? And how long did it last? Isaiah says, man, I am so overwhelmed by this, and I don't want it to ever end. I want to continue being overwhelmed with joy. Sometimes we never get to that place where we experience that peace that surpasses understanding peace in the midst of chaos, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of the world crashing in, but somehow there's still this peace deep within me. I'm not falling apart. Maybe the world is, but I'm not. There's just a peace there. When we never get to that place where the real fun is happening with Jesus, we don't truly get to experience these wonderful gifts that we celebrate during this time of Advent. And Jesus never gets to do that new thing, really, in our lives. Isaiah says, you are a treasure to God. You are a crown in the hand of the Lord. He treasures you. He loves you immensely. And this life with Jesus is just starting. So let's not pack it up and store it away until Easter rolls around. Jesus is here. The love, the joy, the excitement 
that he's bringing into this new life for you, that it'll begin something beautiful and glorious for all to see, that maybe they would come to know the same joy and peace and love that we've experienced. So as we begin this new year, as we pack away Christmas, let's not pack away what we've experienced. Let's let that grow. Let's let Jesus happen in our lives. And let this relationship grow into something amazing so that when Easter rolls around, we're not spending it all getting reacquainted with Jesus, but actually celebrating this glorious thing that God has done for us. In the name of Christ, amen. As the choir comes up, uh, they're going to sing, uh, I'm sorry, what did I change it to? There's a song in the air. <laughs> um, take a moment. Think about all that you've experienced, the joy, the peace, the wonderful things you've experienced these last few weeks. Treasure those things, but then think, how am I going to respond to that this morning? How am I going to open myself so that it doesn't have to end, so that it doesn't come to an end, but I will continue to experience these things with Jesus, my Lord and Savior.